And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. You know that by now. And I am very pleased to be once again joined by the lovely and talented and oh so crafty Miss E. Hello. Hello. How are you, dear? I'm good, because... So, for for the 22 years of our marriage, mm-hmm. I have been trying to make a good turkey. Because, I mean, honestly, turkey is not... And, by the way, you've never made a bad turkey. And ho- ho- hopefully you all had a very happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, Thanksgiving. I think we're about to segue into Thanksgiving turkey talk. Well, yeah, because we were just talking right before we started about when our last topic was. And I really wanted to start, because... I was, I have, and, and we were talking about, we. I have made turkey every which way on the planet. In a roasting bag, outside of a roasting bag, in a paper bag, upside down that you flipped <laughs> around, opened up, turned into turducken twice. And uh, to me, it's always been kind of like searching for the holy grail because I don't like turkey. So to me, I'm trying to make turkey something that I want to eat. Right. I think I finally did it this year. Yeah, it was it was really good, and it was a very it was a least a twenty four hour process because the turkey brined for twenty four hours. It was also pretty much complete. I said partially deboned in my post, mm-hmm. but the only bones I left were the drumsticks mm-hmm. and the wings. Okay. The thighs, the breast, the whole skeleton, the mm-hmm. every the backbone, the everything ribs. else, all gone. Okay. And so, it so that happened. Okay, so brined, deboned, broiled for twenty minutes, flesh side up. Okay. To give it a head start. Uh huh. And then flipped over on my mom's really awesome stuffing, made with. No added butter or broth right now. Okay. Because I'm depending upon, because the turkey's got a bit basted, right. it's going to be exuding some mm-hmm. fats and juices, right? But I also know I'm not going to be able to use any drippings for gravy, but I make a good gravy anyway. So I save the neck and the goblets and anything mm-hmm. that's for gravy. So then, uh, anyway, flipped over onto the stuffing and it only had to roast for, now this is a 12 pound turkey. It only had to roast for, I want to say, an hour and 35 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't very long at all. And then let it just sit and rest. But after you would, I basted it every 20 minutes, and I made a basting solution out of one stick of butter, one cup of chicken stock, some herbs de Provence, and some freshly ground black pepper. Okay. Put it in the microwave, so it was. It would. I actually kept it in a on a saucepan on our warmer. Mm. I never used that thing. It actually came in handy, so nice. I just kept it. So, and then I have a silicone basting brush. So it's so. So every twenty minutes, I was basting and mm. giving it a little extra love and making sure that it was like really getting moist because I wanted it. I wanted the stuffing to right. just be right because I was a little afraid of the stuffing. But at the very end, when I took the bird off the stuffing. And I mixed up the crispy, crumbly edges with the super moist inside. Mm-hmm. I think it was the best stuffing I ever made next to the best turkey I ever made. 
because it was moist and juicy and flavorful, and I was just so pleased that I'm still patting myself on the back. Yeah, that. I have to say I would agree. I, I think it probably was the the best turkey, yeah. uh, and the stuffing was was really good. I was a little worried because the turkey doesn't cover every inch of the stuffing. There's no, some it's stuffing on the side. It's like a spatchcocked turkey with no bones in it. Right. It's laid on top of a bed of stuffing inside of a baking dish. Yeah, and it looks really cool. Uh, yeah, but I but there's a lot of, you know, stuffing that that is not covered by turkeys. I was a little concerned, but it it, it no it actually it tasted great. It so in good. that regard, I deviated from Julia Child's laid-back turkey recipe from uh the cookbook that I took it from mm-hmm. or based it on because what she did was she created a mound of stuffing and sort of laid the turkey, the turkey on over it, it so it okay. looked like the turkey was then turkey shaped okay. laying on top of the stuffing gotcha huh. but I wanted to do it my way and I think I think your way worked good. out better because I would her think way would have been more wet or it would have not gotten I don't know I think that the core would have been dry or you know and then I'm not yeah. sure that it would have seeped in yeah. yours was, was a flat even surface right so it, anyway, it worked out fantastic. The uh, sweet potato casserole was a huge hit. In fact, our uh, 19-year-old son tried it for the first time and immediately was like, "Why have I not eaten this all along?" Yeah, I've been making this thing for I don't know how long, and, and everyone hears it's sweet potatoes, right? And it's, and it's basically for have, you and I. And it doesn't. We, we, I think we talked about this beforehand. Yes, we did. Mine doesn't have marshmallows. Right. We don't have to. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, it has the, so the it's, streusel. It's a, it's a streusel topping with nuts. So mm-hmm. I think that's what throws the kids off, but. It's it's like dessert delicious on, uh, as part of the main course. And I've right? actually eaten it cold the next day with whipped cream, and it's awesome. Yep, so. best gravy that you've made for sure. Okay, so the secret to my gravy, because I wasn't able to use pan drippings, uh-huh. is that I when I roasted my sweet potatoes at like four fifty for like 20, 25, 30 minutes or so, mm-hmm. I put the neck and the whatever's in the paper bag. Mm-hmm. In with enough chicken stock to kind of cover it in a pan, and I roasted that until everything got all nice and super cooked. Okay. I shredded off as much meat as I could get off of the turkey bone and set it aside, Mm -hmm. and then I finely minced up the, I think it's livers and gizzards or giblets or whatever, the organs that they give you, into really, really, like I say finely minced. I sharpened Mm -hmm. all my knives and brought out my cutting board for this. So (laughs) um, so I uh, finely minced it. So I made a roux of, um, you know, standard roux, um, four tablespoons of butter, four tablespoons of flour, brown it down, two cups of chicken stock. Make it, uh, cook it until you... It it you want it to thicken. It's gonna thicken when once gravy one gra- gravy gets thicker when it cools. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to cook it enough so you cook off the flour taste. So you really want to cook the roux until it's a really nice golden brown. Okay. Before you add the chicken stock. But at this point, after you do that, you throw in the finely diced gizzardy bits, the turkey neck meat that I could pull off, and the neck, mm-hmm. and I just stuck it on a back burner and left it simmer. For the whole kind of after noony part, while I was finishing off the park rolls and stuff, <laughs> so it really was good. It was so good that I was able to stretch it out by just making the same base with just chicken stock, mm-hmm. um, and that's what was in the turkey pot pie. Oh, because okay. I didn't have enough gravy to make a turkey pot pie, so I had to make a little bit more and mix them together. Which is uh, yeah, which is how we ended up polishing off 
the leftover turkey. Yep. In a in a delicious pot pie. So anyway, hopefully you had a, a fantastic Thanksgiving yourself. Uh, I didn't have no. I take that back. I did have two pieces over like two days of apple pie. I didn't have any of the pumpkin pie. I ate way too much pie. The pumpkin pie was really good. Yeah. Yeah. But no one was eating it, so I was just like walking off with a piece, and I was like, ooh, look. It looked really good. The apple pie was delicious. That was with my canned apples. Oh, okay. I used two quarts of canned apples, so they kind of got a little bit soft. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a nice apple saucy kind of apple pie. Yeah. So. So speaking of apples, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, we made our way up to Palmyra, uh, first time actually in in uh, of two trips for me to Palmyra in a week. Uh, oh yeah, that's right? right. We'll get to number two later in the show, but uh, Palmyra's uh, I don't know. It's it's Central Virginia, uh, kind of southeast of Charlottesville. It's in a nice little hilly area. It's it's very pretty, and it's an old town. They actually have a really cool old um, stone jail stone, museum. Yeah, from the 1800s. 1828. So, yep. Yep. Uh, I drive through it every time I go from Farmville to, to D.C. It's off 15. And, uh, yeah, and so we went to... Fruit Hill Orchard. Fruit Hill Orchard, yes, which is a really cool family-owned orchard. I actually read a little bit of the backstory. Uh, they've got a beautiful little farm building that they just constructed as, like, their office. And they've got a little, you know... Uh, picture on the wall and it says back in 1999 the owner's dad the uh, orchards have been in the family for over 100 years but back in 1999 the dad came to visit and he asked if he could bring along a couple of trees to plant for the grandkids so the grandkids would know about growing apples and i think it was the daughter who was like okay dad sure and he showed up with like 900 it's just a couple saplings, and, right? And, yeah, and it's just a couple. And, and so they found themselves, you know, as the as the surprise owner of this orchard. And so over twenty years, they've kind of grown it and built it out. And it was really nice. Uh, the 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 two kids behind the counter I don't know if they were a part of the family, but they mm-hmm. looked like they were, you know, brother and sister, yeah. you know, late teens. Uh, getting onto each other in a, in a you know good good natured way, but when they he had his apples, right? Exactly, yeah. So they had the last of the the apples. We were, we were able to pick up a couple of pounds of apples. Yeah, Gold Rush and I think some Fujis. Mm-hmm. And the Gold Rush, uh, when they say sweet tart, they're more like tart sweet. So okay. yeah, but they're a nice, crisp, crunchy, small size, and they go really good with cheddar cheese. Um, and then there was a uh, speaking of cheddar cheese. So yeah, they had cheese popcorn. They had like. Like like three feet long bags of cheese popcorn. And I was like, okay, I want to get probably okay foot and a half. It was a foot and a half, and you got two three bags. feet total. So you got three <laughs> feet total. You still need to finish off what's in my kitchen. I think I will, I've seen that you finished. I will off gladly what's in your do office, so. Uh, so. Yes, um, and they had you know some cute little gift baskets with oh. cider and. And we got the uh, bourbon barbecue sauce. Oh yeah, we haven't. We have we to have try to, that. We got to put something on with that. But yeah, they had a cute little thing with the. Local people, too. Right. Other little local artisans and, and, and craftsmen. Uh, and they had a great turnout for, you know, the parking lot was full. It was probably one thirty in the afternoon when we got there. But it was really, really cool to see. Uh, and then uh, this weekend, we're going to go to Appomattox, Virginia. There's a Christmas village that is being put on by uh, Wolfbane Productions, the theater group that we've talked about on the program before. Yeah, because so we went to see Stranger Things. Stranger Things, and, and the Crucible. that was The Crucible. Right, and so they do a one-day Christmas village 
uh, and it's supposed to be kind of like a reenactment of what Appomattox was like during the Civil War, um, or at least in that time period. Oh wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So they, they, they is it like period dress for the I think reenactors? So. Yeah, like when we lived in Oklahoma City, Guthrie, Oklahoma, would do that. They would do a Victorian Christmas, and they also do like the uh, cowboy bad guy shootout. They with would. the cops and robber. It was so cool. <laughs> I like that on the streets one. of Guthrie. Yes. Do you know they do that in uh, off the Buckingham Railroad? They do what? The uh, sort they of like a, a train cowboy. robbery oh, cowboy do they really? reenactment. Yeah, the. The one of the shopkeepers in town told me about it. Huh? Yeah. No, I had no idea. All right, I, we I didn't learn either. More so we that. need to look into that. Anyway, That's sorry, that was cool. a, that yeah, was a total random thought. Random thought. Um, so anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. There is a uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia has a, a, a German style was a Kringle Mart or something like that. Something something that yeah. thing like that, right? Uh, so we're we're trying our best. We also need to um, set up the Christmas decorations this week in the tree, and then. One day this weekend, uh, we have to go pick up Chico. Chico, our old buck, who we sold uh, several months ago, we are apparently buying back. And this has been... I'm not... Because I was, I sold her, sold him with the idea that we would be borrowing back to breed. And then she told me that she just is going to sell him. And I was just like, well, I I want him back. So I'm going to buy him back at a reduced rate. Because uh, I'm not paying what I no no well no but I'm also like I was kind of I was kind of relieved to see Chico go to be well honest. I thought the okay so in the back of my head too <laughs> we were supposed to get um, Shark Boy and Casper and we needed so he was going to be company with them right. But Sharkboy and Casper are still at the Virginia Tasting Cellar right now because the uh, the weather's been nice enough that the deck is still open and people are still eating lunch and being amused by our, our delightfully handsome uh, and a very playful goat. So oh, speaking of, uh, I'm sorry, another tangent yes. though on our delightfully handsome and adorable goats who I saw. She showed me pictures mm-hmm. of Sharkboy and how he's like all up against the fence getting all rubbed on and mm-hmm. loved on and pet. I also noticed that it's a good thing we got him um, banded when we did because I don't think his horns have gotten any bigger than when he was here. So oh, good, they're good. really nice and small on him. Okay. So she got me some really good pictures for coloring because I'm going to make some little Casper and Shark Boy goats for the Virginia uh, tasting seller to sell. Nice. So kind of like the little stuffed animals that you've been making and, and they've been selling out. On like crazy. On, they, 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 on Etsy. This will be something that will be only available. Uh, no no online purchase, right? You no, no, go no. I, I mean, I make, I mean, I've sold a couple of different versions of Casper, but um, but I'm, these are just going to be made for them to sell at cool. the wine cellar. So that's why she got me some really good color shots okay. of uh, Shark Boy. And I was just like, oh, good. He doesn't have to have huge horns. So, okay, <laughs> I'm going to be able to do this. But ah, I kind of feel bad that I didn't keep him intact because he's, he's adorable. perfectly he's, yeah. colored. I know. And 100% Nigerian dwarf. Yeah. But well, whatever. but the idea also, was we had... Uh, he's related yeah, to everybody exactly. here. So we, had, we have Chico, <laughs> and apparently we're going to have Chico again. And, and we're only breeding uh, three of our five because wasn't one isn't old enough and um, and, and it's also related and well it's his daughter right. yeah so we wouldn't do that anyway and Toffee 
last year had uh, she had mastitis, and our vet, uh, who sent us a really cute Christmas card today, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, the, the what are the the the, the traveling. The three wise men. No, the 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 traveler vet versus our stand oh. vet. Like we have two, like we have two vets. We have two vets depending upon the emergency of the situation. Yes. So anyway, anyway, the the the, the second one. But yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we were we we're just you know talking about carrying my my goats at their at their their location. So we're really it's I'm excited about that. I, I am I am uh, I'm more excited about uh, your stuffed goats being at the Virginia Tasting Cellar than I am excited about the real goat. Chico returning to our farm, uh, and well, so we can also sell him. I know, I know, we can, and we very, we very well may after he's performed his stud services. Last year, he threw eleven females, yeah. of like thirteen. I, you know, to and be, with the two boys are the ones we kept. I know. To be really honest, though, I just you know, and we've talked about this. I know off, it's the feed situation. It's the, the feed and the situation, housing. and it is the housing, and so I really think we're going to have to get another electric net. Actually. We have more. Okay, we've got to get another charger. We then. just need another unit. Yeah, because so. the the place where like you know the the place where we have a permanent pin right now actually I mean everything is dead because it's December, um, so there's just not a lot. It's just basically a dirt pin for him, and you know I, I want him to have more room. I want him to have some more you know uh, interactivity. What we can do though is yeah. we can just throw an electronet around a perimeter like of that pen like we did when we first got Franny and Mr. Freckles. Yeah. I and thought you didn't want the goats to be able to see one another though and that would be like directly across from one another. Well I think they're gonna maybe have to go. we can swing it on this side and so when he goes out the door, it's a sharp right, and we actually put the fence down the in the that little bushy tree area. Well, not that the people who are listening give a rip or even understand what we're talking about, but where I was thinking is maybe on kind of over by where our trampoline is, uh, and down there with the charger facing this way, so it gets sun. at least the afternoon sun. No, that's true. Um, I see it. Or that, or just set up a whole entire new pen behind your office. We could do that as well. Because so, it's not like you can kill those dead fruit trees. No, they and, need to come down anyway. And there's a sun that that gets sun just about all the live long day, and we just need to drag the igloo over there. Yes. Speaking of uh, fruit trees, um, so Mark in New Orleans owes me an email, uh, but he did let me know on Twitter that they did it. They found their farm. They bought. A farm, and it sound. It sounds I'm amazing. I'm a little jealous. By I the know, way, I was this, like, right? "What?" So, I, again, I want to hear the full story from Mark, but uh, uh, it sounds like it was a little bit more than six acres. That there's a chicken coop already on the property. There's, there's a, a I think a three stall horse barn. Uh, there's an in ground pool. <laughs> uh, there's a workshop there. Like, I mean, it, it sounds yeah. just. It sounds amazing. I know. I was so. like when you were telling me, I was like. <gasps> What? Yeah. But yay, congratulations, Mark. I think I'm like happy home for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for Mark. So I, I can't wait to see the uh, the email and we get to learn more about that. Uh, email address, by the way, is 40acrefool at gmail.com. And uh, feel free to drop us a line, ask us any questions, tell us what's going on in your world. We've started getting the seed catalogs already for 2020. Yeah, I've already started circling things. Oh, speaking of which, I, 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 I've had this on my brain since yesterday. <laughs> 
They, you know how we always, we love Sun Golds? Yes, Sun they Golds are, tomatoes. Sun Gold are a little orange uh, cherry tomato. I believe we've sung their praises, the, the, the regular listeners. High Bricks yes. content. Yes, yeah, so very sweet. Mm-hmm. There's a Sun Cherry. It's a red sister, and it's just as sweet. Ooh. I'm going to get that. Okay. And then... Uh, what was the one like that had a really long shelf life? Sparky. Sparky, because I was like, oh, we have to get this, because <laughs> when you used to work in News News back when it was... Uh, right. Can I say it? You can say it. K- KTOK. KTOK 1000, right? News Radio 1000. <laughs> News Radio 1000. KTOK. KTOK. You were a reporter. I had a talk show for, what, three years, nine months, seven days? I think mm-hmm. I actually had that down pat for a while. But anyway, you got, I used to call me call you Sparky, my news hound. Yes, yeah, Sparky, So when the I saw hound. this Sparky, and it's, I have to look. We've only gotten two, uh, and I'm not sure which catalog I actually saw it from. It's like Seeds and Company. Or, but, yeah, it wasn't. So it wasn't. It's. Yeah, so I don't know. The it wasn't name. Johnny it's not, Siege or Baker? No, it's right. not the normal, but it's it also carries um, some of the things that Baker's seed catalog. Okay, carries. anyway, don't get distracted. Some Let's talk about Sparky. So Sparky is a cherry tomato, but it is it's red with like these little yellow streaks, which is why they call it Sparky. But it supposedly can be out for what was it three weeks? Three up to three weeks. Like it has a shelf life of that long. So and that's non refrigerated. That's just yeah, out on that's the shelf. Just being it's a shelf life. Yeah, because you don't put tomatoes in the refrigerator. Well, some people the do. Taste. I know, but some well, people do. Well, we don't. If, if you put tomatoes in the refrigerator, then we just can't be friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just, I'm from New Jersey where, you know, tomatoes are like, they're not the official fruit slash vegetable, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a Jersey tomato is a thing. Mm-hmm. We know our tomatoes. Mm-hmm. A Rutgers is another one of my favorite tomatoes I've grown a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but no. Okay. We can't be friends. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so we've circled Sparky uh, to try next year. And the Sun Cherries. And the Sun Cherries. <laughs> and a couple others. And I did learn. And Are we going to drop a couple off the list then? Yeah, I'm actually going to drop some more off the list. Uh, some of the pastes that I did uh, didn't do as well. And then I found, I always was like, oh, San Marzano's. Oh, yeah. Well, they only really do really well in Italy. So I'm going to go with more Amish pastes and Russian purples because they do do well here. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked um, those crazy orange and red golden stripey ones. Romans, striped Romans. But I didn't save any seeds. Oh, okay. um, but uh, but I'm I'm gonna. I mean, in terms of cherries, since we're adding two, are we gonna drop two? We're gonna we're gonna. I'm still I I I still like Juliet's, but you know we, we don't can drop the pears. We don't eat them as much. They have a, the they, the they the last a long like time. The but they're, they're the right. ones that I like to pickle. But we're not eating the pickles that I've made. So why? I for I forgot we had pickled tomatoes, but would they make good wine, or are they a little too meaty? No, no, they're nice and juicy, and they yeah. have a pretty thin skin. They would make a good tomato wine. The the those the Juliets, uh-huh. the jelly beans, the sun golds, the bumblebees, I, those and those pears are all in our two batches of tomato wine. Okay. See, so, yeah, I mean, and I, and I tried to be very, you know, uh, uh, small C Catholic in my 
a sampling of the tomatoes that were, you know, I, I, I didn't want to play favorites other than the Sun Golds. Um, but it seemed to me that the... I didn't like the jelly beans. No, those were a little too small. And, They're too and they, tiny. Like, you're like, you put it in your mouth, like, what the hell just happened? And they really weren't, like, with something small, you would normally expect a concentrated flavor. But they weren't. But they really weren't. No. They were just like little tiny cherries. So that's off. Okay. And then maybe one of the pears. I didn't. I didn't care for either. They, they didn't taste any better or any worse. So just off. Yeah. I like the bumblebees because of the color. Mm-hmm. But I'm just you know whatever. They may may stay on or not. Right. But sun golds are staying on. Sun cherries are now being added <laughs> because I like the little tiny little sweet ones. Yes. Um, Juliet's will stay. I love Juliet's. I love Juliet's in salads. I like Juliet's in a. Um, a caprese salad because they're nice, solid, little cherry tomatoes. Right. But they're not cherry tomatoes. They're like, what are they like? What's this shape when they're like that? Grapes. Like, they're they're long, skinny pears. I guess no, no they're not grapes. But they're they're not they're long saladettes. Like, I don't know. They're like tubies. Ovals. They're like tiny little Roman tomatoes, but they're in cherry tomato form. So it's like if you took three cherry tomatoes and lined them up and turned them into one long, skinny cherry tomato, that's yeah. what it would be. That's probably oldest child who lives at home coming home from work. Yeah, I was just making sure that he wasn't stopping to say hello, so we would have to, you know, pause. But uh, but no, I think he's going that, to the house. He's going all the way around. All right. Dogs are going to freak out. Anyway, so the yes, the elder has been uh, looking at me through the uh, door of the house all the way across the yard into the door of the studio here the, the entire time. And you can see her because she's talking. bright white. Yes, and there's a direct line of sight, so all I have to do is tilt my head just a little bit, and I can see her <laughs> at the door, like, <laughs> I know that you're there. So, anyway, yes, we are taking tomatoes off the list, but the other thing that I had texted you about was. We haven't been doing our very hot peppers right at all. Yeah, I thought this was uh, good to know. The hotter, <laughs> wish I had peppers, known this a while. Yeah, right, right. The hotter the pepper seed, the longer the germination, and the warmer the germination that needs to be. So, if you're trying to go grow, oh, I don't know, bakudas, ghost peppers, or bokras. Bokras, mm-hmm. ghost peppers, scorpion peppers, those sorts of peppers. Mm-hmm. Even just scale it back, habanero and ghost that we've tried here. Right. You have to actually have a heat pad underneath your seed system so that you're not only keeping everything warm, but you're also keeping it somewhat a little bit moist. Do you know how tricky that's going to be in the greenhouse? I think well, we're going to have to I, move some shelves into our house. No, I, I agree. We So it used to be, and I don't know where we're going to be able to put them, maybe somewhere in your office. But I mean, although, well, because it needs sun. I mean, that was the thing. Like, So we used to have in our family room every spring. No, we it, would, it, it's not that it needs sun. It needs, needs heat. heat. We need to buy heating pads. I mean, well, it was just heating pads. We could put them in our bedroom. It doesn't have them on the bedroom floor. I mean, I mean... Or set up a shelving unit and put it in our room. It doesn't have to be. Well, we can. What we can do is we. So we have this um, uh, plastic shelving system that's like shelves and tubes. Right. And then it was sold as like a five shelf set that we bought two of, and we only have it like two shelf high in the greenhouse. So it works great. But what we can do is we can bring some of those in the house mm-hmm. and buy those heat pads 
and they mm-hmm. sell sets so that you can put them all across the whole base and then put our grow trays on top of it because they won't need sunlight at the beginning. Right. They're going to need the warmth. Once they start to pop up, then we can move them in the greenhouse and look at the warmth and the sunlight. What about at night? That's when we have to turn to the propane green garden uh, greenhouse heater uh, to keep everybody warm. Okay. So, but... But it would it, it should work. Yeah, and... What's amazing is that we've actually had any hot peppers, given the fact that... Well, we haven't know. grown the super hot hots, and then some of the hot hots that we have grown, we bought the plants. Oh, that's true. Good point. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah we actually didn't have great luck. No, we haven't. Growing Not with the hot seed. ones. Not for the last couple of years. For I can grow years, the, the sweets, and I'm going to do the um, Hungarian cheese again. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it sounds like, it has nothing to do with cheese at all. They're these really cute little, I don't know what, like um, little globe. If you think of like a pepper in like a squashed pumpkin form mm-hmm. and being around know, three inches globular um they come in like really pretty colors like they end up as um yellow red orange when they're done but they're a little tiny sweet pepper Mm. and so they're really great for like individual stuffed peppers for appetizers they're fantastic for dice up and put in salads or if you have a whole bunch of them at one time which we've had a lot of times if you just dice them up and put them on a sheet tray freeze them up throw them in a bag then you always have a little batch of sweet peppers and they're always you know pretty colors yes speaking of pretty colors uh your hair is a (laughs) pretty purple well, yeah, I, 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 it's still this weird. I wish I could sing, but I'm not allowed to. Yeah, but I would sing. To... Isn't she pretty in purple? Oh, in the style of the psychedelic furs, isn't she <laughs> pretty one. in pink? Yes. Um. Yeah. It's overtone. It's a coloring conditioner. So it's pretty cool, and it's purple for brown hair because my hair was more, I guess, gray. Salt and pepper. Yeah. With a lot of, yeah, salt and pepper. But, you know. But it it's worked. It's not blonde. No. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked. It's it, where I, you know, I might have missed a little down here because I probably got a little bit too much of. I think like, it's actually starting to kind of come out. A well, I washed bit. it already. Okay. And so it's one of those, it's it's not permanent. You have, they have a system where you buy um, the big, there's a whole maintenance system. You buy three products and yada, 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 mm-hmm. but I don't wash my hair enough. Um, so I just bought the big tub of the coloring conditioner stuff. So mm-hmm. it takes like really with this hair, it took like less than a tablespoon. <laughs> I just have to be careful about how much Vaseline I use around the edges because it will stain your skin and you do have to wear gloves. Okay. But what's really cool about Overtone is like at one point, the first time I bought it, they had just crazy colors, blue, purple, um, crazy red and mm-hmm. I bought the crazy red but since then they've also have warm blondes and brown and black so if you have you know something and you want to just touch up your hair or touch up your gray mm-hmm. you can put on this coloring conditioner and it doesn't just it, it smells nice it has nice little you know sense to it it's not going to be it's not bad for your hair it's not uh, tested on animals, that kind of thing. I mean, it's all it's all kinds of good. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's you know, it washes out. But if you don't wash your hair a lot, it's it'll last for a while. 
And usually when you color your hair, you don't wash it a lot. So. Yeah. Well, maybe after the uh, the vote is taken in our county on the Second Amendment Sanctuary Resolution, uh, I will try to dye at least a portion, or excuse me, color at least a portion of my beard purple. Ooh, that would be pretty. But I don't want to do it before I go to the No, because you've been going to a lot of these because you've been uh, late to dinner a lot I know. Lately. You've been very, very patient. Well, yeah, but uh, how many counties now out of... 80-something in Virginia? 95 counties in Virginia, and there are at least 43. There was another vote today, so there may be 44 counties that have adopted the Second Amendment Sanctuary Resolution. You know, I'm not sure if they're going on the 17th. It's it's too late at night. My brain's a little fried right now, but uh, it did get moved. Um, although I heard uh, today that, and again, this is now getting like a really to inside baseball stuff, but uh, um, some of these counties are, are a little, some of their supervisors are a little reluctant to, you know, to, to pass some of these resolutions. They, they're they very concerned about uh, retribution from the uh, state legislature. And they're the really galleys. concerned about lawsuits. Uh, and in Prince Edward County, it's actually a Democrat-controlled board of supervisors. So, mm. you know, the odds are that uh, it's not going to pass. Um, what I've heard is that they're moving the meeting to a bigger location. They're moving it to the high school. And uh, I just saw on Facebook that it was going to be on the 17th. So. But but what I also heard is that they're not going to hear any public comment, which doesn't make any sense to me. So well, what the heck? Well, again, I'm not anyway. listen, again, I'm not saying that I that this is true. You know, some of this, uh, a lot of what's happening with this movement is it's word of mouth. It's the telephone yeah. game. Um, you know, but it is amazing because I've been to. Three counties uh, this week, and then Amelia County a couple of weeks ago. I may have gone to at least one more. So I've been to at least four of these counties that have adopted the sanctuary resolutions. Um, and you couldn't even actually get in to the last meeting. No, the last one was Fluvanna County. It's a little town called Palmyra is the county seat. And it's, again, it's we were talking about orchard, this, right? So that, was the, is. Yeah, so that was the second trip to Palmyra this week. And... Um, and near the Old Stone Jail Museum from 1828 is the county courthouse, and there is parking for eh, maybe 15 or 16 cars. That's it. Uh, and so when I drove up there, it was a little late. The meeting started at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I was And I was just kind of curious. I was like, okay, how many people? I mean, I haven't seen 500, 600 people at some of these events that start at 6 and 7, but right, you can get off of work or whatever. Right. right. So this is 4. Mm-hmm. And about, you know, there's the traffic circle, right, that you have to go through. So you go through the traffic circle, and then immediately after the traffic circle, there were cars parked on the side of the road and in the grass. Oh. Right? And so then you go up. All the available little parking spots where they illegally parking Mm -hmm. in the little shop there. And then. No, I didn't get up that far because that's past the courthouse. But so I turned in, and all on the lawn, basically, at the foot of the hill, there are cars parked. And then. On the driveway up, it was basically one. Uh, there were cars parked on both sides, so it was basically a one-lane road. Then, wow, yeah, and and it was crazy, and uh, and so easily, you know, 250, 300 people uh, there in Fluvanna County for a four o'clock meeting. So the well, supervisors, right, and the supervisors said, you know, we're not going to cast a vote uh, today. We're going to do it next week. <sighs> so they're moving their meeting. Uh, as well, and then they're going to have their vote, and I suspect well, that it will pass. Get even more people 
Yeah, exactly. I think that it will pass in Savannah <laughs> County. Um, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it did not pass in Loudoun County. They rejected it, which is not, not surprising. surprising. That's Northern Virginia. Uh, Suffolk County, which is near Virginia Beach, um, said that they were not going to pass anything yet. So they wanted to see what, what the legislature did. I'm like, well, you can just look, look at the bills that are pre-filed and see what they're going to do. Um, but the other good thing is that in Farmville, Prince Edward County, both the current sheriff, who's a Democrat, and the sheriff-elect, who will be taking over uh, in the new year, who's a Republican, uh, have said they are not going to enforce uh, any unconstitutional gun laws. And that's where a lot of this is, is really headed. It's, you know, it's fantastic to see the Board of Supervisors passing these resolutions. And in a couple of counties, they've actually passed emergency ordinances. But um, a lot of this is going to, you know, people have been asking, what's this, what, what you know, how is this going to work whenever, you know, these yeah. laws go into effect? What, what is this going to actually mean? And without the buy-in from the county sheriff and uh, the uh, the Commonwealth's attorney, which is the local prosecutor uh, in each county, um, it is going to be you know largely symbolic and ultimately meaningless. But uh, both the sheriff and the prosecutor have a great deal of discretion in terms of what crimes they're going to actually arrest and what crimes they're going to prosecute for. And that and that's not just that's in every jurisdiction across the country. That is nothing new. That is no, nothing not new. controversial. Uh, and yet you've got gun control activists right now that are, you know, calling Second Amendment sanctuary supporters, you know, uh, comparing them to slave owners and trying well, to say that, you know, this is like. I don't actually understand that analogy. We actually had this conversation earlier because mm-hmm. that person's analogy, mm-hmm. he actually needs a workbook that our homeschool <laughs> kid is working on, on analogies. It's actually a really good Exercise. I'll 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 dig up the title and and I'll uh, well, text it to you later so you can tweet it at him because he doesn't know what analogy actually means. No, he does. He just doesn't. He 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 wants to pay or portray gun owners in the worst possible light. So he he tries to compare the Second Amendment sanctuary supporters to the supporters of nullification in South Carolina in the 1830s and the nullification crisis, but. The thing is, and I wrote what's, about this at bearingarms.com. Uh, what's, what's the nullification crisis? You you say stuff like okay, people sorry. understand history. <laughs> and I know that was capital N, capital C. So what does that mean? So, um, yeah. So so South Carolina, and, and this is where I, I, I just blow past it because I don't know all of the details. Well, but, you uh, know the general gist yes, you said the words. Yes. Okay. So in the 1830s, um, the federal government... Uh, decided to pass a tariff, right? Or they raised the tariff. There was a, a tariff as a tax. And so yeah. they decided to raise taxes on, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was cotton, mm. uh, which was, the, you know, the stable crop of the South. Yeah. Um, South Carolina decided it was basically going to nullify the law. They believed that this was a, an attack by the North on the institution of slavery, ultimately. Uh, and so they decided they were going to basically not enforce this or they not allow the law to be enforced uh, by tax collectors. And so it, you know, it, it could have uh, gotten bad, but Andrew Jackson, who was the president at the time, said, uh, and South Carolina felt like Jackson would be uh, receptive to their arguments as a son of the South. Son- and and yeah. he was a Jacksonian. He, he, he was, yeah. you know, he, he was the guy who originally ran as dismantling the, the federal government. Right. 
Um, and he said, no, basically, you can't do this. And he threatened to send troops to South Carolina. Ooh. South Carolina, they, the tariff ended up getting reduced. South Carolina backed down. And you avoided a huge conflict over slavery for another 20 years until the Compromise of 1850 was reached, which we'll talk about perhaps in a later 40 Acres and a Fool. But um, South Carolina has been ornery for they a have really been. long time. They have they? been. Okay. But, but, but well, the, I guess but, good for them. But even more than South Carolina, Americans are ornery by nature. It's oh, in our DNA. And so that's what this columnist ignored to try to specifically focus on what, you know, slave-owning South Carolinians did in the 1830s. Oh, and you can go back to part, 1798 yeah. and the Virginia and Kentucky resolutions, which were uh, authored by James Madison and Thomas Jefferson in response to the Alien and Sedition Acts which made it a federal crime to criticize a member of the government. Is this still a crime? No. Why not? Because it was repealed. Because it was the first really unpopular law in this country. Really? Yes. Huh. And, I mean, imagine it being a federal crime to criticize a government official. Oh, or yeah. a politician. Well, yeah, that was what the English did to us. So you know, it's kind under, of yes. While we have a First Amendment. Yeah, I get it. So when that happened, uh, Jefferson and Madison worked with the legislatures in Kentucky and Virginia to basically uh, put forth the idea that uh, we don't have to follow unconstitutional laws. Okay. I don't even think that's what this is about. This really is about, again, the existing discretion of these law enforcement agencies uh, to enforce the laws as they see fit. And you've got a DA in San Francisco who says, not going to you know, arrest or, or not going to prosecute for prostitution. You've got police chiefs who say, I'm not going to arrest for low-level amounts of, of drugs. And now you've got sheriffs saying, yeah. you What's know. the difference, we're, right? We're, we're, exactly. It's not, all illegal. And not only that, but it's, last point before we wrap up, I know it's getting cold in here, but the other thing that okay. drives me crazy is that gun control advocates are doing the exact same thing. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The mayor signs local gun control laws in violation of Pennsylvania's firearms preemption law. Yeah, it happened somewhere else. And Billings, this, Montana, and then the, and then Edmonds, this, Washington, Seattle, Washington. The attorney Seattle, general Washington, actually had to South tell Carolina. the mayor that, right. um, no, you can't do that because <coughs> it's in violation of the state law, you boo. So they're doing the exact same thing. And they've been doing it longer than the Second Amendment Sanctuary Movement has yeah. been around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, again... It's okay when they do it. Oh, right? no. It's always okay when they do it. It's okay when they're all racist and dumbass, too. All right. We're going to leave ahead. it there before we get edit, too political. Anyway. Uh... Edit me out there, Chris. <laughs> go ahead. Go Give me a good old bleep. But you know it's true. And I know that I know the one gun control advocate who listens to this program is already rolling her eyes right now. But uh, all right. On that note, hope that you had, again, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great weekend coming up. Thank you again for listening to the program and for uh, keeping Miss E in your thoughts and your prayers. Be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And make something. That was stuff. Well, I suppose. It could be make stuff. Or make something. Actually. You know, we blew it last week. You should have said make stuffing. Oh, yeah. Oh, you always think of the perfect thing to say a week later. Or yeah, like the perfect comeback when you don't. Right. You can't have time. But I guess it's just, it's just really make. Honestly. Okay, let's try it again. Uh, be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And make. <laughs> 
40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.